Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, with my co-host, Joey Nocho Prano. Good morning, Andrew. Look who we got sitting between us. A drop-in, Dirty Sports. Most guest-hosted, most appearances. He's got a long and distinguished list of accomplishments, like my Johnson. Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Joe. The Justin Timberlake, Tom Hanks of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Five-timers club? Five-timers club. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. As you all know, I'm on Baby Watch. Baby Watch. (laughs) We are in day seven of Baby Watch. (laughs) I just couldn't take it being stuck in the house doing nothing i said wife gotta get out gotta go see the boys well we haven't actually discussed this prano you texted joe and i last night and we're sitting on the couch watching some reality tv show or something temptation island temptation island and what did his text say what time are we taping tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Prano goes, did you invite Tug to the show? I go, no, but we can. <laughs> yeah. I fully crashed. I did bring my crisp $100 bill to sit next to you all. And here I am. Uh, no, I, I did totally crash the party because I was cooped up. I can't be watching my other kid waiting for his other kid to come. Like every day. I did. Your Instagram. That's, I, I did. I was, but I got clipped. My wife said, no more golf. So I said, okay, what else can I do to get out of the house? So I used you. I totally use both of you. By, by the way, for Thank the people you. who are not watching on YouTube, uh, you know they they talk about how talk show hosts always raise their chair. Andy is sitting on his own feet to be above you, Doug. Look at this. <laughs> He's sitting it's, like it's a, the Phil a Jackson of got uh, <laughs> the Phil Jackson seat. Well, talk. By the way, <laughs> you're never bench. crashing. I appreciate just, it. Just so you know, you, you're the invitation is always open for you. Again, Joe and I chuckled. We said, let's bring him on. Well, I had talked about inviting Tug on even prior to him reaching out because I think more important than probably anything going on in sports today, the Oscars were last night. I did not watch. Thank you. I had a show. You came to my show, Andy. And I was like, well, we need, you know, Hollywood insider, dirty sports entertainment correspondent. That's correct. Tug Coker to fill us in on what happened in the Oscars. Big winners. Big snubs. How was the show? Not going to get into the the winners and snubs. Frankly, I didn't see a lot of movies this year as many as I needed to, which is sad because they're more accessible now than ever. Almost every movie was on Hulu or Netflix this year, but I'm dealing with 2.75 kids. Now, what right what now. is the uh, what's the screener status these days? They don't just send you an email with like all of them with a link. I'm waiting for that point because I'm still happy to, to receive screeners, but. They also receive like explain to the common man doesn't know what a screener is for people listening. uh, If you're in the the guilds, um, writers guild, I'm a part of the writers guild and the screen actors guild. And to entice you to vote for a certain movie or a certain performer, studios will often send you 
um, DVDs of the movie ahead of time so you can vote for them. Sometimes you get swag. Um, sometimes you get like trinkets or tchotchkes that you immediately throw away. Um, I, I imagine a world. I, I have I moved about 150 DVDs of. I heard the I've swag this year was a COVID nineteen test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I, there was no there was very little swag this year, which is totally fine by me. And I, to Joe's point, I hope there's a, a a moment in time where we just go to 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 links or whatever on Netflix. Yeah. Or you whatever. know what should happen. Nick Young should show up to everybody's house, Swaggy P, and just knock on the door. There's your swag. You get an hour with Nick Young today. He's looking for something to do. Right? I think that's amazing. But to, to Andy was uh, totally against the Oscar conversation, yeah. which is why Joe front-loaded it for us. Yeah. yeah. He's trying Total to team player. throw it in my face. Um, and I just want to bring up one thing. I thought it was very interesting. Steven Soderbergh was known as a producer of this year's Academy Awards, and he hinted out last week. So the whole week, thing was shot on iPhones. Exactly. Weird dark lighting that's right um it was very unusual there was a definite unusual look to the oscars obviously covid had a lot to do with that but he hinted that there would be some changes to the order with which awards would be presented now why this is funny to me is um no one not a lot of people outside of la have probably seen nomadland which spoiler alert was that was the front runner and spoiler alert did win best picture however they didn't have it. it it's it's perennially no, it, the last. It's the la- It's why you watch the Oscars for the movie of the year, but they decided to change it and put best as, uh, best actor and best actress last. Which I was in the green room of the comedy show out in Brea last night, and I was watching Dodgers Padres. Went to the stage, the. Uh, female comedian and baseball hating headliner, I guess, while I was up there, changed it to the Oscars. I come back. I check my phone. This game has gone from 7-1 to 7-7, and they're showing best picture. And I'm like, this is perfect. And then literally, as they go to commercial, they're like, we'll be back with Joaquin Phoenix and Renee. I was like, how is this show not over? I, I, would, I taped it. So I'm flipping. I'm fast-forwarding through every – You know, just, I'm making, trying to make this 25 minutes long. And I get to best picture – and I, I'm like, where did the best actor, best actress thing go? So now you're going back and looking now for I'm, it? I'm, now I'm going back and scrolling for it. I'm looking at my timeline. My timeline on Twitter is either all Dodgers or Academy Awards. And what happens is they decided to – they assumed that Nomadland was going to win, which it did. So they said, what's the drama of the night? Let's give it to uh, the late Chadwick Boseman. Let's make it a, a crowning for him to win best actor. Uh, as the last award of the night. That's what we're going to do. However, no one knows the results. This is just guesswork by the producers. And sure enough, Joaquin Phoenix comes on to present Best Actor, the last award of the night, to give it to Chadwick Boseman, who deserves it, and Anthony Hopkins wins. And isn't there. And isn't there. And this is a Zoom world. We live on Zoom. The guy could be in bed and and accept that he was not even there on Zoom. It's amazing. I mean, does that, to be fair, what Zooms are Anthony Hopkins doing? I mean, how old is he? He's 83, I believe, the oldest winner, to my knowledge, of Best Actor. But, but, but Joaquin Phoenix, I guess the, there was like a, a, a backup plan where they're supposed to send it to someone who would accept on Anthony Hopkins' behalf. Joaquin Phoenix doesn't know what to do. He says, uh, we just accept it. Basically, the award show just ends. Yeah. It, 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 it ends so awkwardly that I, I was... Cackling. Which it was going to do cackling. no matter what. With, with Joaquin Phoenix presenting the last award, it was going to end awkwardly no matter what. But. I mean, ag- agreed. Um, 
I just thought it was. I mean, I root for um, you know Hollywood, obviously, but they put all their eggs in one basket, and it didn't work out. And the, the it, <laughs> I've never seen the award show in sort of more like, all right, I should, that's it, right? We just go home now. There's no hosts. Yeah, that's kind of no- how Prano's comedy show ended. <laughs> yeah, <that> right. <laughs> they just ended it. That's fi- it, guys. That's fi- it. Final joke. There's no goodbye. It just ended. Yeah. It was a very uh, and to be doing this during DVR. You're trying to catch up, and you go read your feed. Do you guys do that? Do you guys watch something on DVR, and then you go back and read Twitter timeline, or is, is your Twitter timeline gone once it's once once you've if the event isn't watched in real time, it's over for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, if I watch something in real time, I usually follow along on Twitter. Um, I tend to not go. The only time I go backwards on Twitter is like I'll go back. Like when you open up Twitter, it'll kind of start where you stopped. I'll go. I'll go forward from there in the morning. I'll go back like I don't know. A hundred tweets and just be like, "What happened overnight?" I was so into like people's reactions, and I wanted to see people's reactions in real time. Like, what are they doing? What is happening? And they're like, "Oh no, that did not go well." So anyway, I, I was watching in the green room, and it was on mute, and so I I miss I had to go to Twitter to find out who won the best actor. I was like, "Who who won?" I you know what? I didn't look at anything. This is all news to me. Yeah, yeah. actor movies. I have no clue what movie you're talking about. Uh. I'm really glad you had a show last night, to be honest, because that made me avoid this, and it was an enjoyable show. Live comedy, for the record, when you haven't seen it for a while, it's almost intense. You're like, what am I watching? Like, yeah. there, like there were moments well, during- Thanks for bringing it up, Andy. Uh, thanks for get, letting me get my plugs <laughs> in early. We'll do this before yet. Live comedy is back, and I've got some shows. I was at the Bray Improv last night in in the, the mall city of Brea, California, but- Good news for you Midwesterners. Andy, uh, you're a Midwesterner now. He's He has a little rant on the Oscars he's going to do after this for his Midwesternness. I have, no, I have no rants. I'll be in he- I'll, I'll, I'm going to be in St. Louis, and I'm doing Helium in St. Louis May 7th and 8th. I'm actually just hosting those shows as I was going to be in town for Mets Cardinals anyway. So if you guys want to go watch Jacob DeGrom shove it against the Cardinals, uh, you can do that. I'll also I'll be at Helium May 7th and 8th. San Francisco, May 21st and 22nd. Alaska, May 28th and 29th. That's my May dates. More to come all on JoePrano.com. So if you're in Alaska, if you're in St. Louis, or if you're in San Francisco Bay Area, uh, go to those shows. Live comedy's back, baby. Yeah. Indoors, outdoors, we don't give a fuck. And you should go, and I'll tell you what, it, 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 was, it was really awesome. I mean, I'm not trying to fluff it up. Like, just seeing live comedy, obviously, I'm a little biased coming from my background, but it was just awesome to see, to laugh. So go out, see Joe, and just support any live entertainment, I would say, at this point, now that things are opening up. We have a lot of sports to get to, but there's something from last episode that I have to get out there. Oh, boy. It was, a, ten- it was a tense episode, Yeah, and I have to address something, Joe, and I've seen some feedback on social media. I did not dye my hair, okay, everybody? The hair was not dyed. Tug did it today. Literally the first question I asked when I saw him. I said, son in? <laughs> Everybody wants to know. They saw the pictures from SoFi Stadium. Again, it's the chlorine from the pool. It turns it like a blonde kind of grayish. Now, I have a lot of gray, but I did not dye my hair. I just want to get that out there. I would admit it if I dyed my hair. But you like it. You like the lightness. You, oh. em- you embrace it. Well, to combat it, I would... 
buy anti-chlorine shampoo. Yeah. Which or, I'm not. Or wear a swim cap. Yeah, what's up with the cap? Uh, my hair's short. I'm not wearing a swim cap. He likes the blonde. Yeah. It's an and obvious move. Yeah, it's an obvious move. And I do like the Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. It hides a lot of my grace. I wonder when he's standing over his backyard fence, raging with his Midwestern neighbor about the audacity of Hollywood elites to talk about, you know, the environment. If if they go, but don't you dye your tips, sir? <laughs> Aren't you frosting your tips, Timberlake? My neighbor, where the fence is at, she's Costa Rican, so I don't know if she's going to share those Midwestern values, you think, that I am Oh, actually, I find that the most uh, ag- like aggressively nationalistic people are those who like immigrated here legally. They're like, and then put up a fucking wall. Like, I, I met a Mexican guy who was like hunting illegal Mexicans one time. He was like, I immigrated legally, so I'm going to keep the rest of them out with, with, if I have to spill blood to do it. I was like, wow. I can see that. Yeah. I want to get to the stadium. I want to start off there. So fi. We got a. What would you call it, Brandon? It wasn't a tour. It wasn't a tour. It was an open house. It was an open house. If you're a Chargers season ticket holder, we got to go Saturday morning to check out the new stadium. Basically, you had a normal ticket that they scanned, and we could go wherever we wanted. But not only could we go wherever we wanted, there was literally no one there. There was like there was no one there in any sort of like logistical sense. There was just people taking tickets. Justin Herbert was on the field and gave a quick little thing. Otherwise, you were just like free to walk around. And there was no you couldn't even be like, "Hey, what where is this section?" Literally no nobody to be found. It nope. was a true open house. Yeah, no workers. There wasn't even a realtor there to be like, "This is the uh bedroom." Like we're walking through suites. It, it, it was just it, now that I think about it, it was kind of odd that there was no order. Yeah. Nothing at all. But we got to see the whole stadium. It's very Chargers. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I said, don't you think they want to help out? Nobody knew anything. We went in an elevator, and the woman literally, Joe goes, we're trying to get to where I, where my seats are. And Joe goes, uh, we need to go to section 539. And she goes, I have no clue where that is. Yeah. And I was like, well, I feel like it's going to be on the top. And she's like, yeah, maybe. Let's go up to seven. And then I was like, you're going to be working this elevator all season? She's like, I don't even work here. Like, I was like, she, she, <laughs> she basically was like, she was basically like, I just found a stool inside an elevator. I'm taking a rest. <laughs> we went down twice before we went up. Yeah. So we, we walked around the whole stadium, and it's it's a beautiful stadium. We went to your seats. That was probably the, the, the you know, the, the one moment of sort of direction that we had. Let's find Andy's seats and sit in them and see his view. Let me ask, what's the proximity from the, the Smut Studio 2.0 to SoFi? Like, what's your travel time? We, we were there in less than 10 minutes, wouldn't you say, Andy? It's so close. I think you could bike there in 15 minutes. What's the surrounding – Is there because, like, you know, obviously it's in Inglewood, which is will 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 change the landscape of that neighborhood. It's already. What's, Al- what, what's already. Yeah, that's yeah. my question. What's oh, it looking like? Construction everywhere around it. Yeah. Uh, the Hollywood Park – area is already like like hollywood park is going to be a new neighborhood wow yeah um you know it the forum's right there so it's like a whole you know and the clippers are in talks to take that over at some point again or is that, is that, is that talk been shut down? i think it's i think that's an, another place the sports complex okay i think that's enough i think they're talking about building 
something in that area they are, for Joe, the Clippers. Yeah, Joe's right. Because that, that would be incredible. Because I think the, I think the forum is going to stay a music venue Interesting. because it is. of the acoustics and everything. Interesting. Now, what I didn't know when we were walking around the stadium, and this is one thing that we learned while we were there, there was like, it's it's such a like, uh, I don't know. It's it's so big. It's such a big footprint. Yeah. Uh, that you get to one point and there's like a separate building. And I was like, oh, this must be executive offices. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if it's the Rams offices, the Chargers offices, SoFi offices. And then we saw a sign saying theater entrance. So I, I, I think that building must have been a separate theater as well. I don't, I don't I don't know enough about SoFi to know if there's a theater on the grounds. But if they have the Forum Music Venue, some sort of theater, the football stadium, and then they add a Clippers arena out there, I mean, it's going to change the whole area. I, I almost want to buy a place there. The stadium is – it's so big. It's very open. It's gorgeous, but we both agreed it's very generic. Well, it's it's not generic in like it's – like there's yeah. no care, there's no personalization. There, yeah, so it's a Rams and Chargers stadium. Everything Chargers was like on the board on the field. Nothing about the the stadium itself said this is a Chargers stadium. This, which obviously it's shared, but like when you go to Clippers and Lakers games, they have an ability to switch it. So you feel like, oh, I'm at the Clippers arena. Oh, I'm at the Lakers arena. It's obviously they have to hide more Lakers stuff than everything. You can't take down the statues um, outside. But there was nothing that made me feel like – it really did feel like a like create a stadium on a video game. Yeah, and they made it – what was interesting, Tug, they made it very L.A., like Joe's saying, where they're not going to identify with either team. So next to where you go to – Yeah, the like the entrances aren't – Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, it's, it's like San Vicente Boulevard. Yeah, the concessions was were streets in L.A., so it would it would say like Sawtell, and they're basically trying to identify with Los Angeles, give zero team recognition. Randy's Donuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's a gorgeous stadium, and I'm up there. But where I'm at, my seats, I think it's still a gr- like it's. Great view, don't you think? Yeah, you're. I would say you're what, fifteen rows from the top, ten cool. rows from the top, yeah. the whole stadium. You're at the forty-five yard line, so you're pretty center. And we went to a game in Dallas. That's a long time ago now, five years ago now, or whatever it was. And we got, we sat in pretty much the same seats. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, and I remember being like, "This is actually a great place to watch a game." It's a, it's the all twenty-two view. Well, that's a, that's a question I had for you. Uh, that was the comp I was going to make in my head. Is it is it like Jerry World? Because the rep, I've been to Jerry World once, um, and the rep, I enjoyed it, but it has the reputation of being sort of a sanitized, like uh, version of a stadium. Whereas there's no real home field advantage for Dallas playing there. So it sounds like you're getting the same sense. Yeah, for, for sure. I think it, yeah. I think it's a great comparison. Yeah. I, I I felt that way because it and it's so open. Right, Joe. I would feel even with sixty-five thousand people in there, I would say what's holding the noise in. I would say that's honestly the 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 thing that makes Jerry World maybe even a little bit more. Like you remember when you go into Jerry World, you open a door and it's like you like are entering. Uh, I mean, it feels like a spaceship, but you are going. You open a door and you go inside. And when you're inside SoFi, you still feel like you're outside. It's almost got like a. It's almost got like a tennis bubble type of feel like a winter tennis bubble like the the roof is opaque um 
it's open air on every end. You feel like you're outside still under almost like. Well, I think that's what they're trying to get, yeah. right? Because it's the first indoor outdoor stadium. And even like the the, the way the tent, it, it almost feels like you're in a tent. Yeah. Is it retractable? No. 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 Interesting. My other question would be, because um, Jerry World has, the, I mean, everyone sees the screen. Yeah. It's a gigantic screen. Is there a distinguishing factor that SoFi has when you walk in? You're like, the screen, I'm going to remember this. The screen is similarly, uh, you know, memorable and like similarly uh, like, oh, this is the new screen, but it's thinner and it and it's like one rolling screen all around. So it's one large. I think they call it like the Oculus screen or something like Correct. that. Correct. So instead of like, you know, the sort of Jerry World took the jumbotron to the max. This is taking like the shapeless. Everything is one screen. Yeah. It's literally just taking advantage of the technology yeah. from whatever ten years. So ago. So it's like a now. seamless, like r r round screen that like has bends at the bottom. But at the same time, what's cool about it is it seems like they will be able to spread out all the information wide wise instead of having to go up and down. So the screen isn't like it's kind of like even when you were on the top, we're in the last fifteen rows. It's still just kind of at the top of your eye line, as opposed to where when we were. Jer like you're like that screen's right there. You're like it's hard not to watch replay after every play and then go back to the yeah. all 22. Yeah, I mean overall it's it's a great stadium, but the character I think which is a great point about bringing up the stadium in Dallas. I think it you know, if you obviously it's different cuz they're they're not new, but that's what I love about some of these states. Like you go to Arrowhead or something. It's going to have character. You're going to have the noise contained. I just I think the problem is they're so hung up on technology with some of these new stadiums. That it, it loses some of the vibe. The other thing is, you know, I think owners now are looking not only for the 16 home games that these two teams provide, but what about the other six months of the year? Right. How do we bring Taylor Swift in? How do we bring, uh, you know, and also big band is Final Four, through, Final yeah. Four, all these things. And yeah, also, exactly. like we talked about, you know, uh, in the now infamous Atlanta Braves, you know, voting move is like, Part of all of these deals, part of spending the trillions or whatever I'm sure it costs to make SoFi, is this handshake deal. Like, oh, the Olympic thing's going to happen here. Oh, the Final Four is going to happen here. Oh, we're, we promise that you're going to get a Super Bowl. We promise that you're going to get all that. So I think that they, you know, we talked about how, you know, the leave politics at a sports crowd is like the whole thing is political. You have to agree to make a stadium so great it can hold all this stuff. And in turn, there's this handshake deal between like FIBA and Olympic committees and the All-Star Games and the Final Four. You have 20 different sports, you know, political handshake deals going on. Like, yeah, if you spend this much money, by the way, you spend it, your taxpayers. If you force your taxpayers to pay this, we'll respond by giving you all of these things so so this stadium is interesting because Kroenke funded it himself and then also legends which is i don't know if Kroenke owns that but i know jerry jones they're controlling the concessions right so jerry jones and Kroenke have a whole deal this, and then this, Kroenke rents to the chargers correct yeah i mean there's a lot of business deals going on here and the super bowl will be there this year yeah. Wow. And all this to say, who is the current head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers? 
the uh, the former defense. <laughs> I know, I know that. Do we, do we have a name? Is it uh, God? I should know this. As a, as, a, as a season ticket holder, I guess this is season. my point. They bring out Justin Herbert, which is smart. The head coaches they should have brought him out too. How many people? How many Chargers fans? Is it came Staley? It's Deuce Staley. No, I'm just kidding. That's a name from the past. Yeah. What's the Chargers head coach name? It's the Rams. Dan Fouts. It's the, <laughs> it's, it's the Rams. Sean Merriman. It's the Rams. Uh, yeah, it's the DC. Yes, Brandon Staley. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> How many Chargers fans actually came out to this? It was it was pretty minimal. I'm not gonna. I, mean, I, I would agree. Well, I mean, also they had it. To, to be fair, they had ours. So we had the Justin Herbert like pep. You know what I mean? By the way, you talk talk about lies. Like yeah. I got to bring this up. So so I got an email. You know, as a Chargers season ticket holder, you get a free tour of the stadium on Saturday. You have to sign up for it. It's going to be in tiers, right? Nine a.m., ten a.m., eleven a.m. Like like throughout the day, and then each tier has a player. But they don't specify it, and I say, I'm like, wait, is like Herbert going to be leading a tour? There's there's nothing in the email. So I tell Prano, I go, I signed up for the earliest slot, 9 a.m., because it's the Justin Herbert one. You didn't know that. No, They told you which players would be at which time. Got you, got you. So I knew which players would be at which time, and the coach was. They, they literally pushed the coach to the later in the day. <laughs> like like Austin Eichler was early. You know, they all, Eichler? Eichler, <laughs> Eichler. The, the, the bigger name... Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> <laughs> was Keenan Allen one? Uh, I don't. I don't think he was one. Interesting. There's a money deal here. Yeah. So, but it's just Justin Herbert going out there and being like in the middle of the field, coming out. In the, yeah, you know, it means everything for me to be a Chargers fan. We're gonna set off this cannon. Enjoy the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a T-shirt cannon. Goes two rows. Yeah. yeah. So it, it wasn't really. Uh, th- there was a lot of misleading information. I can I can actually pull it up if we want. Uh, but besides the 10 seconds Justin Herbert was on the field talking, it was just an open house. So you could show up at any, and we were we were super late yeah. for the 9 a.m. whatever. We walked in right as Justin Herbert was going on at 9.30. So the 9 to 10 o'clock block is three minutes of Justin Herbert talking on the Jumbotron. Yeah, they didn't really, uh, they didn't specify, I'm looking through here, in any of the emails and whatever, you know. I'm looking forward to going to a game or two and figuring out what I'll do with the tickets on the other games. Well, you were saying to me, you were like, we were sitting in your seats, and it was a very, I was totally caught off guard because, you know, the Giants are at Chargers this year. And Ruther goes, So who are you taking to the Giants game? And I was like, what? Like, you're not going to come for this game? Like, first of all, I was also like, I just assumed. You take Tug to this Giants game. I can use my Giants Connect for tickets. We have a whole Dirty Sports Bonanza. Yeah. Ruth is already pawning off tickets on people. He's like, who are you taking to the Chiefs game? Who you ta-? I was like, I, do I have these season tickets? I do live 2,000 miles away. Now, I, I want to come out when I can go to back-to-back home games. I want to get the full experience. Schedule's not been announced yet. Not been announced. Okay. But 17 games, which we never discussed. Yeah. I think we discussed it briefly, and I said... Why do you hate your players' brains so much? <laughs> what what is it about your players' brains that you are like you have you have scientists working on how to give your guys CTE the quickest and turn your brains into some sort of rice pudding mush? Yeah, I I don't like it either. I mean, Does that start next season. Starts yeah yeah really yeah wow. And I remember saying this, and I'll say it again. I of course will watch seventeen games. Right. Well, that's 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 the whole key. Yeah, that's why that's why they do it. <laughs> But yes, guys, like, like that was the pitch that I think 
I think that I think the Chargers might get an extra home game, which means I would technically get an extra. And they're, they're like, we're not charging anymore. N- all those games, I said this to Joe Tug. You you could just I know it was the nine a.m. slot, but you can just tell all those games are going to be every team's fans. And this year, their away schedule is fans that teams that bring fans. Yeah, yeah. Broncos, Chiefs, Giants, Patriots, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys Steelers. Are back again? Yeah, Steelers. Two years in a row. <laughs> they, they opened. They kicked off with the Cowboys last year. Yeah, Cowboys so, lost that game. Uh, but in related news to the adding seventeenth game, uh, Tugs boy. Um, the Cowboys, Sean Lee, has announced his retirement with a brief message that just said, I hope to one day have a family or whatever. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is the 17 games we're talking about. Sean Lee has been clinically dead for three seasons. And we're talking about adding a game. This poor guy has more concussions than the fucking the Cowboys have had playoff wins in the last 20 years. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of. Dallas Cowboys chatter on Twitter today about um, how many. <laughs> this is so mean to Jason Garrett, who you you who you have now. I know uh, how many careers he's just ruined. Um, and there's a list of like 25 good players that was like come through Romo, down to Dak that Jason Garrett's been a part of. So we'll see what uh, Jason Garrett can do at SoFi. And now the- we're gonna have to have what is from here on going forward will be known as the. Uh, Julian Edelman Memorial uh, Retirement Conversation. Is Sean Lee a Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. No? Okay. No. <laughs> no. That's an easy one. Any way he can take a dig at a Patriot, he will find a way. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm sure I didn't hear the conversation you had about Edelman, but, I, I mean, the, the numbers just don't well, yeah, bear out. We like, agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's not a Hall of Famer. But you know what? I'm just wondering if Sean Lee will be lowered down from the Jerry World Jumbotron in some sort of retirement ceremony a la Julian Edelman. He won't even make the ring of honor for, for Dallas, I don't think. so. Just tell him he did. Yeah. <laughs> Brando, you know who is a Hall of Famer? Who's that? Minimal. Minimal those, golf bags. Those, those minimal bags. Yeah. We, we got another golfer here. Tug, Tug's seen him. Tug, uh, Tug's got two minimal golf bags in his regular golf that's, crew. That's correct, and they're both rocking. Like, they're the best-looking bags on the course. They're awesome. And I got some big news. Minimal is dropping a updated version of their golf 2. bag. 2.0. Minimal 2.0. This is the 2. first 0. golf bag that can be talked about like it's an iPhone. V2.0 coming. The new bag is dropping May 25th. So there are some updates. I just want to go through a couple of the updates. Yeah. The custom waterproof Bluetooth speaker will now have six to eight hours of playtime versus four to six in the old. The uh, solar power bank, the phone rechargeable the the phone charger i'm sorry which they had uh will continue to have just tons of i mean i'll be honest there's so many list of upgrades uh that the battery life is going to be longer basically they're adding a rangefinder pocket yes. the one thing about minimal is like you know they they keep it pretty minimal with the pockets you've got you've got two big pockets you've got a, a ball pocket you've got a phone pocket they're adding the rangefinder pocket because they know everybody's these days if you're gonna have a tech bag you need to have a rangefinder pocket i think that they're adding a sliding uh ball pocket as opposed to the the one that they have now and um between now and may 25th you can pre-order correct the 2.0 you can pre-order it so just go to minimalgolf.com to put in your pre-order again that's may 25th 
for the upgraded, even better bag. And of course, the customization, getting whatever you want printed on your bag. And I, you know, I've talked to Sam, their owner, the the CEO. He said that this is not just for people who are thinking about getting the 2.0, but maybe you just bought the 1.0 and you're you're like, I'm going to skip two. I'll go to three or I'll go to four because they're always going to be updating this bag. He's doing like a you get a credit if you bought the old bag toward the new bag, provided you donate it to some charity, which is just like awesome. These guys are the best. Yeah. So just check them out. Order that new bag at minimalgolf.com or you can check out all their great bags and features on their Instagram at minimalgolf. Speaking of golf, what is up with your game, Tug? You said you've been golfing a lot lately? I did use my um, baby lockdown status to be like, I'm playing golf until... Because I know I'm going to have three kids. I'm not going to see a golf course. I, I will say this. One, one caveat. The in-laws are coming in like a couple weeks, and I'm going to do my best to use that opportunity to get out, have them be around to watch the kids to play a couple more rounds with Joe. Um, game is rounding into form. Um, I did play LACC, which is, uh, you know, I played LA Country Club two weeks ago, week and a half ago, which was, was is one of my top five courses in the world. I love it. By the way, um, tell you, your phone is blowing up. Let's check, guys. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I'm like, I'm the only person that's noticed the flashing lights on top. Like, it's, it's, it, honestly, it's just golf conversation. Okay. It's uh, people, yeah, thank you, Joe. I'm just like, you, you got a baby on the way. <laughs> His no, wife's no. like, no, I literally just gave birth. Yeah, Thanks for not like, being And I've there. already named it, and you weren't here. His name is Sean Lee Coker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you, not to divert, have, have we discussed names? We have no name. Here's the thing, and you all are a lot of boys in your families. Yes. And, we, and um, like, my son, I fired my two best bullets for the first two kids. Now i got to go back into the, I'm either going back into retread names. I can't wait till, till you're, I can't wait till your son hears this. Well, no, but that's what my, I'm saying. My best two bullets. You're like, you are well, just a cast off. No, that, that's, why, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to go back and look around for some new names that I'm in love with because you're only you know, exposed to the names that you have. So I'm trying to reopen myself instead of going back to my previous list and be like, now I'm going to go with this guy. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You're, now you're getting like the, the, the name we didn't choose. Exa- we didn't choose. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to work hard to look around and, and see if I can discover you know, a name that I haven't thought of that I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a sweet name. So the point is, don't have a name. But Eldred. Oh, man. Your guy. How about Eldrick? I believe it's Eldrick. <laughs> um, I think he's talking about Tiger Woods, isn't he? Yeah. What's his name? Eldrick. Yeah. I'm terrible with names, <laughs> apparently. That's a third name I butchered today. Well, you know... My girlfriend lives in Tug's DMs talking about babies, and she was like, I'm going to throw baby suggestions at him. I was like, I think he should go with Nugent, and that way he can be Tug's Nug. (laughs) 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 I will definitely pitch it, Um, but I think what we're going to go with is we're going to, whenever this baby pops out, we're going to give him a look and say, what is this kid's name, and then we'll figure it out. I feel like this is a, I've seen all my friends I've ever talked to over the years, the third kid boy or girl it gets like uh, the the best laid plans like come apart the second the baby comes out because but in my family uh every, you're always supposed to be named after your grandfather so my brother john was named after you know our grandfather giovanni so they they americanized it and that's just all the way it was so like my cousins jonathan and then after that they went joe and named after my mom's you know uncle named after my mom's brother a a bunch of joes in the family so then we had john joe and it's like oh are we doing this like 
Kardashian thing where we're going to go all J's. So it was John, Joe, James. And then my brother came out and they're like, Mikey. <laughs> like, what? They were, it was like it was planned. And then the doctor was like, didn't we already go over this? Isn't this, a, isn't this James? He's like, Michael. So the third one always gets people off there. I'm sure there's a lot of dads and moms out there listening to the show. And I think my, the general feeling I gave out to someone the other day was, you know, if the first one is like you, you, you have a nest created in the home. Everything's perfect. The second one is like, okay, let's, this is kind of exciting because we get to see what the differences are yeah. between the two. We get to have a fun like, comparison test and love both equally. The third one comes along. It's like, just get in the car. Like, yeah. Get on the yeah. train. We're going. We don't have time for you. I don't even Kevin! have a name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't have a name. Like, don't have a room set up. Just like get in the caravan, which I bought in January. Let's go. I um, didn't have a name for a few days. And so how do, and you wanted to tell the story. I'm interested to hear how you landed. Well, I learned my mom kept a baby book for each of us, and I didn't, you know, I never saw it. Until I moved back home and, you know, you're finding all this stuff from my parents. And I remember her telling me this, but not the specific details. I don't know who these people were, but they were strangers at the hospital. I don't know if it was someone else who had just given birth. Somehow my parents are, I don't know if it's the same room, whatever's happening. Because back then you used to stay for a while at the hospital, right? After you gave birth, like a lot longer. What's, no, what's the status now? I'm not sure. Two, two nights usually. Oh, yeah. Like back then it was like a week you'd stay. And all I know is my mom had written in the baby notes that we didn't have a name for him and we met this nice couple and started drinking a bunch of wine. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I was basically named this couple suggested after getting all liquored up with my parents that Andrew would be a good name. So I, I am the result of just a drunken... Strange couple who aren't even, like, in the picture. Well, I can relate to this because I, Catherine and I, my parents flew in town about 10 days ago to kind of help us out. And we went out. We did go out to eat for the first time in maybe, I don't know, six to eight months. Yeah. We went out to eat. It's a good feeling. It was great. It was great to be out. And we, a part of that euphoria is um, we met the server, and the server's name was Cameron. And Catherine's like, Cam's a good name. Next thing I know, Cam is like high on the list of names. I'm like, you, you, it's like recency what? bias. This person, he's a <laughs> server. Like, you know, I wanted to fuck a waiter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's like, I'm like, gonna, I'm, why do I feel like this? Yeah. No offense. I mean, I'm not offending servers because I think, you know, obviously a great profession, but I'm like, this person's in her life for, for four minutes. Yeah. And Cameron is, his name is Cameron? Come on. Yeah. So, yes, I understand how people can get swayed like your parents, um, you know, with the recency. The camera would be a good fit, too, because you, because you're, you guys have. I like that alliteration. Got white, you got some white baby names already. You but, got, you but got Cam Coker is a good alliteration. Yeah, Cam Coker. I like Cam Coker. I, well, look, I like Bo. Bo is my oldest son's name. You know, Bo Jackson. Has and, what, Bo. And, what's, and Bo's middle name is Caldwell. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Bo Caldwell Coker. Yeah. I think it's a sweet BCC. Name. Yeah. yeah. BCC. Quinn. Quinn, you know, ton, tons of Quins in sports. Yeah. I made sure of that. Quinn William. Let's hope he just doesn't um, turn into a cokehead like Quinn Schneider. Oh, man. He's got him going. We're going to go in the NBA. I mean, yeah. let's do it. Let's, do it. let's uh, talk some NBA. Great transition right there. Look with at Quinn. that. Quinn, um, you wanted to go straight to Steph Curry. Um, and his, his, we can his, go into anything. I, I mean, here's, here's what I want to go into. Um, do it. Quick guess. Just a quick guess. Lakers or the field? For, for the championship? It's a great question. 
It depends when these guys come back. I mean, I that allows you a few teams. This allows you the Nets. We know. Allows you everybody. I, I mean, I, exactly. <laughs> it's a field. But, but the real, but the real competitors. Like right. who really has a shot? Right. Like maybe we open that question up to like who really has a shot right now. I've been watching the Celtics a lot the past couple of weeks, and it's just this team is not built for anything this year. I was hoping for a late run. Very curious to see. Like I, I heard. I'm sure you heard the same thing. Some whispers that Brad Stevens was basically had the Brinks truck backed up. For the IU job. 70 mil. Yeah. So, I, I think it's going to be weird. I mean, I love Brad Stevens. I don't know if his long, if his long-term status in Boston. Like, you, you have a window with Tatum and Brown playing together. You know, you, you're, you're only 22. 22, 23, 24 turns into eight-year vet pretty soon. So, I think the window is actually closing on Boston. I watched their game Friday. Against the Nets, yeah, they just didn't look good. They just can't beat the the Nets. Sort of, and that's a that's a Nets team without Harden or Durant. Kyrie has blown them out twice this year. Um, Kyrie plays inspired ball against he, he really his former does. squad. If only he played that inspired ball when he was on that squad. <laughs> I know, I the, know. Their, their window wouldn't be so close. <laughs> so who, like, I mean, we're so, you know, obviously about Kyrie's plan is to play for thirty basketball teams, so that when he's on the thirty-first team, he can have a revenge game against everybody and finally live <laughs> up to his hype. It's the name of Baskin Robinson, thirty-one. Yeah. Um, who do you see in the East as being real potential chance, you know, candidates to potentially win it all? Do we do we believe? Do we believe in the Sixers? I don't. I, I. So I believe in the Sixers in theory, but I don't. Believe I know there's in, a coach you don't believe yeah, in. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe in. I don't believe in Doc Rivers out coaching somebody, out coaching the best coaches in the league in conference finals in finals. Um, like I will take. I will take the two-headed monster. The you know the secret head coach, the Nash D'Antoni brain trust over Doc Rivers in a playoff series, one thousand times out of one thousand. Do we do we have any belief in the the Bucks? I have a little bit belief in the Bucks, but like I don't know how many years you can like give them contender status and then have them let you down. Uh, but I I believe in the Bucks. But I I mean my East favorite is still the Nets. It, I, I provided Harden is playing, and I said last episode Harden is the most important player on that team, e- even if he's not the best player on that team. The Bucks did beat down the Sixers twice in the past week. Yeah, like a, I mean pretty good smackdown. Yeah. So. I would say no team in the East is going to win it. I'm just going to, that would be my. So that's interesting because that means basically you're saying Lakers, Clippers. Do, do we believe, are we willing to go the Jazz are for real? Not in seven games. And you're obviously not a Suns stan. Look, I think. Are you this, saying a team from Los Angeles wins the NBA championship? I think the Suns, it's a great story. I want to hear you say, Ruther Curse, right now that an LA team is winning. The championship. I still. Pending. I don't even think Ruther believes in the Clippers. I think Ruther's taking the Lakers over the field. Yeah. I think I am pending. <laughs> hold on, hold on, no. hold on. Pending, like when is LeBron coming back? Yeah. I I don't think as good as LeBron is. I put my cards in him that he doesn't need that many games, but he still needs a few. Here's the thing about the Lakers uh, to, you know, to as, get going. As a Celtics fan, I'm not happy about. LeBron has to play no defense on this team. Like the the the, the team's defense is is pretty elite. Yeah, but like, you also, in a way, I think that that 
on all LeBron teams ever, um, if you if you need LeBron to be a lockdown defender on one side and for him to do everything for you offensively on the other side, you're not set up to win. I think LeBron's best – I think the best strategy for using LeBron offensively and defensively is – Free safety, LeBron. Hundred percent agree. Chase down, block LeBron. Help defense, LeBron. Stepping into passing lanes, LeBron. And you know there are the people out there in the world who like stupidly or like have an elementary level of basketball knowledge who are like, if he if he's not guarding Durant, then he's not the fucking best player ever, is he? And it's like, first of all, Michael Jordan, you know, was at best, the second-best defender on any team he ever played on, more often than not, probably third. And we, you know, slurp him like he was some sort of defensive god. It's like, it's easy to have a guy who is your stopper and then have Michael Jordan, like, ripping Jeff Hornacek, you know, on the on the backside. So I think that the best strategy is to not have LeBron have to do, like, he just to be a ball hawk on defense. I mean, to me, I guess talking it through is why I think the Clippers and the Nets are the two best teams to beat the Lakers because they have, especially later in the the run of the playoffs, because they have guys that LeBron's going to have to guard more often. It's gonna he's gonna have to choose: am I going to guard Durant, or like am I going to guard, guard Harden in the clutch, or am I going to guard you know PG thirteen or Kawhi? Yeah. And so I think like other most other teams, he can kind of. Like you said, be free safety. So, I mean, they're they're actually, the Nets are actually I think are the the betting favorite right now. Um, but to me, it's it's the Lakers versus the field is the yeah. And to question. me, I, I you know I said it last episode. I'll say it again. I was like, I think the Nets can get to the NBA Finals with two of their three, but one of those two has to be James Harden. Yeah, it's Brooklyn. So so I don't know if you can see this. This is the current. Vegas odds. I can't see it. So why don't you read it? Also, our people who are listening to this as an audio podcast absolutely can't see it. <laughs> Touche. The Brooklyn Nets five to two. Lakers seven to two. Clippers five to one. Milwaukee eight to one. Jazz are also eight to one. Sixers ten to one. Phoenix sixteen to one. Heat twenty five to one. Nuggets thirty to one. Boston fifty, Mavs fifty, Blazers fifty. We get it. We're just not. We're just not even gonna the Knicks. Come on, where are my Knicks? To win it all, nine two, in a row, two hundred and fifty to one. What's wow. the what's the Let's bu- go. what's the buzz with the Knicks right now? Obviously, I'm. I have a lot of. I follow a lot of Knicks fans on Twitter. Yeah, people are in the streets going nuts back home, as I'm sure you know. Where where does your like? This is classic Thibodeau. Right? Can we, can we? I mean, obviously it's exciting for the Nets, but can we agree that this is what Thibodeau does? Yeah, turns things around, makes everyone play hard. We don't know if we're gonna. He's gonna be around in three or four years. Runs what, guys into the ground. Runs them into the ground. So what's what's your thoughts? And 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 I have a question to ask after this uh, about Julius Randles. Yeah. Uh, but where, where are your thoughts right now? My thoughts are, uh, well, first of all, Thibodeau has blown out my expectations i did not like thibodeau hire um i didn't like it simply from a we're gonna play sort of an antiquated style of basketball without the talent to play that style of basketball now they made a lot of moves i'm not i am 
I shouldn't say I'm not a fan of. I should say I wasn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily understand it, but I, but I still liked that they were doing it. This idea of like, let's get a whole bunch of Kentucky guys. I was like, this is either going to work or it's not going to work. But I was like, listen, the Knicks have tried a million different things. I like, let's get a bunch of Kentucky guys more than a lot of different weird Knicks strategies over the years. I will take, you know, Kentucky guy who never met his expectations over. Let's get the T Mac in his, you know, waning years that the Knicks have done with a thousand people. So, you know, those two combinations of things, it was Thibodeau. And then that like roster strategy, I was like, huh, this is interesting. Could work, could be far exceeding my expectations to be at this point in the year, to have won nine straight games, to be in the four seed. And, but, you know, I still, there's a lot of Knicks fans that are losing their mind. I'm still like, if we finish in the four spot or a five spot, I think it's a glorious season to win a first round playoff series. That'd be fantastic. Uh, if they finish in a six spot or a seven spot and have to match up against the neck, the nets, my expectation is let's play a seven game series against the nets. That's a win for me. My, at this point, my expectations are so high that I'm like, I just don't want to somehow fall into a seven or eight seed lose in the, one of these play in games. And the whole thing was for nothing. Um, my expectations going forward are, I don't love, um, post all-star Julius Randall. He, I, I liked, I liked something to prove Julius Randall since making the all-star team. Julius Randall has missed like eight game winners on terribly contested shots. Um, but I balance that with RJ Barrett is now looks like the player that we were hoping that he would be. People were calling him a bust when he was 19. He's still not old enough to drink and he looks like he's going to absolutely be the future of the Knicks. And I love that. What's Obi Toppin doing? Obi Toppin is getting the Thibodeau treatment and rightfully so sort of on a team that is playing well enough that we can't really like experiment with giving Obi Toppin a ton of minutes. He's also obviously Randall's been the best player. He's, you know, he, he doesn't play a lot with Randall. So you've got, you know, the guy who's playing 40 minutes a game. Thibodeau loves to run his dogs into the into the ground. So Toppin's getting minimal minutes, shown signs of life, but also... Because he was the player of the year last year. Yeah. And he's also, I believe, older yes. than R.J. Barrett. Like he's yeah. Oh, a, yeah. You know, he's like two years older than R.J. Yeah. Barrett. Yeah. So I always thought that was an interesting pick. Um, and that's the thing with Knicks fans, too. Some Knicks fans... There are there are smart Knicks fans, but there's also like lunatic. You know, there's the Knicks fans who have bought. You know, there's still guys who just love Mello, and you're like, guys, who are you, and why do you exist? And like, you should be removed. You should not. You should start notching up to games like Woody Allen. Um, like that, that's I put them in the state. Like I look at them with the same history. Woody Allen and Mello stands. I'm like, we've learned a lot about you at this point, and it's not okay for you to be here. Um, but you know, Knicks fans. Some Knicks fans have been like losing their mind about Emmanuel quickly all year. And I love him. And I think he's a great player, but like Knicks fans immediately were like getting into Lynn sanity mode with him. And I'm like, he's a year older than RJ Barrett, who you guys have been shitting on for two full seasons. So like, you know, take Knicks fans with a grain of salt, but like, I think the thing about Knicks fans, and this is important for depending on the ones you follow out there, smart Knicks fans are some of the smartest basketball fans. Michael Rappaport. Yeah. I actually think Rappaport's uh, like a New York basketball fan. Like, I don't, no, even, know, I, I I don't even know what he is at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's, a, he's a, you know, he he's catches, also, catches he's, eyeballs. He's embraced the troll persona. He is. He, is, he really has. Um, 
But I have one question for you both, actually, because I think about this question a lot with regards to the Celtics. Julius Randle and Marcus Smart, same draft class. I love Julius Randle out of college. Marcus Smart went six, I believe. Julius Randle went seven. If you had, a, if you were, if you were running a team, which one do you take? In that moment or now? Or right now? Yeah. Because I think Julius Randle, I've always believed in Julius Randle's talent, but watching Marcus Smart, like he's the key. I feel like he is added value to any team he plays on. Like he's the heart and soul of the Celtics. And when when he was out, they really struggled. He, you know, he he provides that sort of special energy that as soon as he gets away from the Celtics, I feel like every team's going to be lining up to to grab him. Having said that, Julius Randle is an All Star. Yeah. If you were if you were drafting again right now, is there? Which I mean, one I, would you take? I think I I think it's. Uh, one of those things, especially with basketball chemistry, where, and we do this all the time, whether it's like the GOAT conversation or the best defender conversation or the best shooter. I mean, I, I think the best shooter of all time, which we'll get to, is long over. But um, it's like, what is the situation that you're asking me here? Because, like, if Marcus Smart starts this year on this Knicks team instead of Julius Randle, like, I don't think the Knicks are a four seed. But if Julius Randle's on that Celtics team, are they worse if without Marcus Smart? Like That's I, good point. you know what I mean. Like yeah. I think, I think if you don't need the guy to be your lead dog, but you need the heart and soul of your team, like you said, Marcus Smart is your guy. But if you know the Knicks, they don't even have a body. So we're, what are we putting the heart and soul into? That's a good point. So I think Julie, I think I think both of these guys right now are in better fits for their situation than you know they could have they could be if they were flopped. I know we'll touch on the draft briefly in the NFL draft, but I do think about that a lot, like a lot of what-ifs. Um, and that's at the top of my list in the NBA right now because I think about how, how Randall's really maximizing on his talent finally. And uh, Marcus Smart is um, – You know, it takes time sometimes. And there's, there's people out there, I'm not going to name names, that instantly want to call guys busts. <laughs> Ruther's favorite thing is to call 18-year-olds busts. <laughs> Ruther was literally frosting his tips at 18. I, I am guilty of calling people bust a little too early. Brandon Ingram comes to mind. But, you know, I've been right at times. I'm going to call Lonzo Ball a bust at this point. Alonzo? Lonzo. Okay, yeah. That's the name I did not mess up. <laughs> Lonzo Ball is a bust at this point. Have, have you considered Alonzo Coker? It's now in the mix. Firmly in yeah. the mix. <laughs> just, so he can, just so he can get the... I love yeah. that it's yeah. people you meet and we're surrounded by a lot of Spanish names. Is there any? Uh, no. No. Short answer is <laughs> that, not not yet. That's no. a hard no. And it just hasn't entered the, the – it, it feels like a little bit of a cultural appropriation. <laughs> um, so not yet. That doesn't, what do you mean cultural? You couldn't name – We oh. didn't say – we didn't ask you your name Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, a nice little internal like, what a little about, alliteration. What, what about fa- is there any sort of family name? I don't I don't want to go back to the name thing, but I'm you know like uh, a grandfather or a relative. We've kind of named them in uh, the middle names. Uh, yeah, some grandparents. That's what um, most people do. Well, here's my thing. My my name is Tug, and I wanted my but my real name is John. But from day one of my life, my parents called me Tug. From like when I came, yeah. in, they just didn't want to put it on the birth certificate. So I've been known as Tug from the first day of my life, and I just wanted my kids to have a name that wasn't going to be like a um, like a nick like you know. What I wanted the name to sort of be the nickname at the same time. Yeah. I gotcha. A lot, lot of um, a lot of thinking, a lot of overthinking in this name thing. You guys are obviously thriving with 
what we what we know, know is com- more common names, but you're excelling in that. You're uh, the all stars of Andy and Julius and Coker. Now Ju- I like got- Julius. I do. I, like think, Julius. I think Julius is a great name. You know, it's funny. You'll you'll see this when you all have kids. Like, um, if if you have kids, um, some names are like like Julian is very <laughs> like popular. waiting for like a bang on the wall behind me. <laughs> 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 um, you start to see like what you know I'm sure most of the dads and moms listening to the show like the names that were super popular when we were growing up not to go back to this name conversation yeah like M- Michael's John's Jeff's like those names aren't around anymore yeah it's like my mom's name is Linda right Linda was a popular name that name is not really around so sure. now now we're in this movement of like it's like how close, how fine a line can you walk where the name feels individual but not absolutely strange? Yeah, that's the era of names yeah. for, for kids that we're in right now. So no, I feel yeah. Um, you, you, like, I think I think throwback. If you go if you go like two generations back and go the throwback, you, then you can get the retro vibe. Like you know, somebody's got to name their daughter Doris again sometime soon. Like I'm into it. Yeah, Doris Burke's the youngest Doris on planet Earth. You know, but I, I but I agree with you. There's no. There's not a lot of you're not get hearing a lot of Jeffs and Lindas anymore. Jeff, I, I looked up like the top thousand names and like Jeff or Jeffrey was like in the bottom five hundred. And you got to spell it J E F, F. Oh, not not G E O. Right. Although Epstein might might make them move to the G. <laughs> like you know, you got to always think about. That's why I like talking about Michael was you know Michael Jordan. There's a lot of Michaels in the Michael Jordan era. Probably not a lot of Lebrons. And probably out. even more Jordans. Honestly, yeah. like a lot of Jordans came out of that era. Yeah, I've never oh. been a big fan of the the G E O F F Jeffs. That's the other thing about names, like every like like little things keep you off a name, right? Like the G E O, like or we all like how many kids did they have, had a name that you like? No, I know I hate that name because I hate that kid. Yeah, I hate that kid. I hate that kid. The kid that <laughs> name is out. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a pretty name. Like no, that dude like like F stole, that dude. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I was you know walking around the neighborhood the other day. And I saw my mom talking to her kid, and she was like, "Chase." I was and I just, just gonna. Him in the knee. I was just gonna say Chase. <laughs> I was just gonna kick. I just kicked him in the knee. I was like, "That's for what your fucking namesake did." And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Ruben Tata forever." Oh, you're going there. I was just gonna go off the name Chase. You know what name I like, Joe Prano, is Butcher Box. That's a, <laughs> that's a great name for your kid, Butcher Box Coker. But, Butcher Coker. That's a good nickname. Yeah, yeah. BB. Got, that's Bo's. BB it's gonna be, be Bo Coker's nickname. Is, is, oh, look at old butcher box yeah. out there guarding the paint. Yeah, we call him BB. BB Coker. Tug, you like to eat healthy. I know. Love it. Butcher box can help you. They they have the one hundred percent. What? Did I stumble on that one? No delay. Sorry. Sorry. It's tough to read this. It's not you. This. It's not you. Uh, the hundred percent grass fed finished beef, free range organic chicken, the heritage breed pork, or the wild caught salmon. They got so much going on, guys. Hey, this is a tough read for me today. Luckily, you're today, hungry. You're hungry. I, I am. See it. I am. Luckily, today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves this high-quality, humanely sourced meat. Tug, you're going to be busy. I think you should have some ButcherBox shipped to the house. Joe, I know you like to have food shipped here. I've been here a few days. Yes. We have a lot. Of, we have a lot. Everything gets shipped here. We never go anywhere anymore. Everything is shipped. I like showing up. One of the most exciting things is when I show up at home and there's a box of meat. You go, all right, looks like I'm about to eat some grass-fed beef tonight. Well, now when you sign up, you get 
a free essentials bundle in your first box. That's three pounds of chicken breast, two pounds of pork chops, and two pounds of ground beef, all for free in your first box. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your house, dirtballs. No added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen in a vacuum sealed so it stays safe. I'm reading this terribly. We're just going to go down to the other section. For a limited time, ButcherBox is offering new members... A free essentials bundle in their first box. That's what you should take away from this, guys. That's three pounds of chicken breast, two pounds of pork chops, and two pounds of ground beef, all for free in your first box. That's a lot of meat. I'm not good at math, but three plus two plus two is seven pounds. Seven pounds of meat that you get for free in your first box. Simply go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty to get a free essentials bundle in the first box. I think what you guys should take away from that ad read is, I know one thing about Andy Ruther, and when Andy Ruther is hungry, his his life comes apart. I mean, last night, you're like, I need bagel bites. So what to take away from this ad read, guys, is Andy Ruther's hungry, there's a lot of listing of meats, and he literally cannot contain, he can no, he can no longer be human. I, that's correct. And last night, I want And also that it's, Took you a second to add three plus two plus two. The, yeah. the, you doing the math. There was a quick hiccup there. Yeah, there was there was a monkey in his head with a, working an abacus. I will say, last night seven. Last night I was I was on a new level. I, th- that bagel bite episode last night was just I don't I don't know what happened to I me. I made you a frozen pizza, then I made you nine bagel bites, and then you were like. But you have more bagel bites? I was like, I mean, yeah, we could do another nine bagel bites. If you're, out. you're like, fireman. I have a problem that I, I actually confided with Joe this morning. I said, I have a problem. And you agreed. I have a problem when I get stoned. I have a serious munchie problem. Yeah. Like, if I didn't exercise, I'd be 400 pounds. I eat and I eat. The other night I woke up, I ate an edible, was smoking a bunch of weed. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning. And decided to eat a giant piece of chocolate cake that was in a fridge. At 2.30 in the morning, then went back to bed. Should I say something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting for you. To um, I, th- I thought of you last week, and this pertains to the eating. I've been to Costco one time in my life. <laughs> and I went for the second time. To the first time, I think, to the, uh, to the whatever, Marina Del Rey one last week. Yeah. And I immediately thought of one person. And that was Andy Ruther. Now, thank you. Yeah, and, I, and it, it, like your ears must have been burning because I was talking about you. That place, talking about munchies. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I thought of the way you shop. You, you don't shop at Costco that often. Maybe no, sometimes. no, no. I hate, oh. I hate all big It's so big intimidating yeah. and overwhelming. It is. Like, I walked in there, and it was like. That's a great Costco. I'm, sh- I'm sure it is. I've only been to, to one other one. But, like, you talk about bagel bites. You probably get, like, a year's supply of bagel bites at this Costco. So, but, I made the mistake. Normally, I eat pretty healthy, but now that I have, now that. Things are opening up, families coming over more, and getting together more. So I'm like, let's make sure we have enough food. I told Joe, the problem is when they're not there. So if I buy all these different bags of chips and popcorn and sweets and all this stuff, when the family's not there to help out, and if I get high, suddenly I'm stuck with all this stuff by myself. You see what's happening here? Family-sized containers for one person. Yeah. 
it's a problem. 400 pounds is looming. It's on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, I swim. Yeah, you're Hence, like, the hair is blonde. You're like a knee. You're like a Joe Prano knee injury away from just being an obese man, like That's never right. getting back up. Funny, you guys say this. I haven't clicked on it yet. Nick D'Alessandro texted me during the show, and says, "The actual world's largest Costco. He is apparently there right now. Wow. He has a video because wow. Nick has officially moved to Utah. Wow." This is news. Yeah. Salt Lake D'Alessandro. Yes. What's, is he working? For, is it, what's he doing? I think he's got work. And uh, he, good luck to Nick out there. We love Nick D'Alessandro. And he's that much closer to us. That uh, much farther from me now. Yeah. He was only a five-hour drive away. That's and you true. never hung out with him. No. You had all these plans. You were going to go up to central Michigan and hang out with Nick D'Alessandro. You never made it. Well... I'll go to, Nick, to be fair, I'll go to COVID Salt Lake. was kind I'll of a be thing. there. Use your I'm ass, I'm assuming he's working in some sort of entertainment sphere. Well, we'll you know, Tug and I'll see you at Sundance. Hundred percent. I have a question for you um, about like uh, the marijuana uh, in Ohio uh, usage. Do any of your um, brothers? You don't have to name names. Um, are like excited to be around marijuana? Like they, they don't want like their families to know about it. Like they ever come over? And say, hey, like, let's let's. My brothers, my brothers who do partake, yeah. they're very open about it, yeah. with their significant others, and and they are, the brothers who partake are definitely very happy that I have the edibles. That's the big. Okay, that's the headline. That's the headline. The headline is like, Andy's got edibles. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's watch a movie. Andy's you got edibles. To, you get to Walt's house. Andy, you you start at the end of the driveway, and Andy comes out with the cane, and then rolls over, <laughs> and he's like, "Come with me." <laughs> And you'll see. Because that would be the sitcom that we would pitch. A big old bite, bigger than your imagination. <laughs> that would be the pitch, I think, of our CBS sitcom. It would yeah. be like Andy Ruther moves back home with a big bag of edibles, but the brothers want to do it, but they don't want to tell yeah. their family. And hilarity ensues. Th- that happened to a buddy recently, two years ago at a wedding. His wife was not about the edibles. And I. they started calling me at the wedding that weekend. I was known as the candy man. I mean, Joe was just doing it. Yeah. So basically, word had spread throughout this wedding. You know, wedding's a whole weekend thing. Word had spread, yo, this guy's in town. He brought all these edibles. So literally, people were coming up to me after the wedding on the dance floor. I had all these packs of gummies. You had like a monogrammed tuxedo (laughs) inside with your edible I'm handing out out edibles. They're like, yo, he's the candy man. He's the candy man. I hear you got the candy. Oh, you want some? <laughs> Plays a little flute. Some guy comes over with candies. But my buddy was that guy. His wife was like, I don't want you doing edibles. And she said that in front of everybody. And then he comes over like 20 minutes. He's like, meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> and then and then I give him, I give him, he goes, I'm going to start light. Just give me a half a gummy. And then two hours later, give me that other half. And it just kept going. And then it got to the point where he was so, he was so baked. We were in a casino and... He couldn't even function. And I'm thinking, does his wife? But he's also drinking. Like, does his wife know? She had no clue. And he's holding like 100 half gummies for <laughs> yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. And Joe knows. I'm such it's a like light. like trench coat. You're <laughs> like hanging. <laughs> Why is what do you like? What do you like? What do you need? What do you need? Why does your tuxedo have tails? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, is, it is a game changer. And I'm not going to name names. But we had a little little fire pit get together which this is so funny in a post-covid world 
There was five of us. Just five of us at the house two weeks ago. And you would have thought we had a massive party. And it's family, too. You know what I'm saying? So, like, was the next day we're like, wow, what a fun night. And we're thinking, we didn't technically even go out. Five of us sat at a bonfire. People were drinking, doing edibles. But you would have thought, listening to music, you would have thought it was the wildest night. Like, we all got together. The had- neighbors were talking about it on Nextdoor. They're like, it sounds like a lot's going on at the Ruthers. Yeah. The the one guy's out of the basement finally. <laughs> I didn't see any children, so that's good. Yeah, it does he, seem like he frosted his tip and is maybe trying to <laughs> appeal to a younger generation. So keep your kids inside. Prano said it in one of the dirty sports group chats, which I call Mean Girls, they were debating if I had frosted my tips after the SoFi pictures. It's, I mean, I asked it's the first question I asked. <laughs> so I agree. They're not frosted. I see that now. You, you kind of see how it's that swimmer, yeah. chlorine. It's blended in. It's blended. Yeah. It's not just a tip. Uh, yeah. I just I, And not that there's anything wrong with not that. Not just the tip. Not that there's anything wrong <laughs> yes. with that. Not that there's anything wrong no, with that. Of course not. All right, let's talk a little Steph Curry. 85 threes in the month of April. The previous record was 82. I believe he has two games left. So he's going to destroy James Harden's record. He already has. Now they're eight and six in this month, which I, to me that's important, and that shows that it's a team sport and how hard it is. Because he's going off. I don't know if have you guys seen a side by side of the year he won the unanimous MVP. Have you seen a side by side? The stats are pretty much similar. His stats this season are similar to that season, but the team is currently out of the playoffs. So to me, that's the discussion. I know I know Joe has a lot to say. I'm a Steph Curry fan. I've always been a Steph Curry fan. I love Steph Curry. It, I was heartbroken when the Knicks didn't get, you know, when he didn't fall one more spot to Mike D'Antoni Knicks team. Um, I think that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think it's close. Um, probably, you know, one of his teammates who's obviously hurt, Clay Thompson, is very high on that list as well, and that, that combined with, you know, them building a great team of vets around those guys is what led to, you know, their championship runs. But um, and, and I think also Steph Curry's done insane things in the NBA beyond being a shooter at his size, at his weight, at everything like he's an all timer to me. He may he may be a top 10 all time player by the time all is said and done. But also, you know, I think that. Stuff like this is, you know, to me, the guy who's, you know, the greatest player of all time. He he got, you know, the 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 great Steph Curry years and the great MVP years and the championship years was like those moments when people were like, this guy's the best. And this is why LeBron ain't shit and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, here we are. You know, every every basketball player has their ups and downs with team success based on who's around them. A guy gets hurt, you know, it can be everything. That being said, LeBron James puts entire franchises on his back and the next, you know, takes the express train to the NBA Finals. But can I say this? Is it fair to compare people to LeBron James? No, it's not. Because if we're going to talk about someone we think is the greatest of all time and then compare... Steph, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's no, fair. That's what I'm saying. I love Steph. I just gave you all the reasons I love Steph Curry. My point is, you know, in some people's argument against 
the greatest of all time. It's like, well, Steph won two unanimous MVPs on his watch. Well, Steph and the, you know, Warriors beat them three times out of four. Well, whatever. And it's like, okay. And how's Steph Curry now that there's no Clay and Durant? How's LeBron James now that there's no Kyrie and Matthew Delvadova and Kevin Love or whoever the guys we were trying to say are Hall of Famers that he played with? Like, LeBron's out, but, you know, the Lakers, with LeBron's impending return at some point, are the second favorite to win the championship. And the Warriors, having Steph's unanimous MVP season repeat itself, are out of the playoffs. All My point is, I love Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry's is so, somehow simultaneously underrated and overrated. It's a really good point. Really good. And that's actually an interesting question. I think, to me, you might be listening to this podcast. What's more damning to me is Draymond Green. Like, Draymond Green has been on the, the Warriors the past two seasons. He's looking to be a, get a max deal at some point. He doesn't... To me, does I don't see the impact. You don't like his value. I, I think he's. I think he's almost overrated. Like he thinks he's the. He thinks he's. He thinks he's the greatest defender. He thinks he's the greatest of the defender of all time. And he's been. On the, he's been the only healthy warrior the past two years. Now that there hasn't been a lot of pieces, but like if you're a GM looking at Draymond Green saying, "Why would I pay Max for you?" And I. And I now, granted, he's, he had some clutch playoff performances, but doesn't this kind of go back to our conversation a little bit before though? Like, first of all, Marcus Smart would never get a max contract. Right. But also, what is Marcus Smart? And maybe, you know, you're, I think you're more of a Marcus Smart. You've got more Marcus Smart hours under your, under your belt than yeah. I do. But like, what is Marcus Smart if a team doesn't have, you know, scorers and a team doesn't have, you know, an offense around? Like, is Marcus Smart Draymond Green when Draymond doesn't it's have really good Steph point. and Clay? And another person I think of is Rondo. Yeah. I think of Rondo in that sort of same vein. Um, I mean, I love watching Steph. And this is kind of where Steph lives to me. And outside that great run where he had all the pieces in place to make that great run, and then, and then add Durant. But like, a lot of Warriors fans might not like this, but like, Steph Curry is a version of the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, I, I the thing that makes me the most upset about Steph Curry, a player that I love and will and will stop you know the the channel surfing to watch, is that even in the most crunch time moments, he was still so loose. He's still so loose with the basketball. Yeah, I'll never forget. The game sevens, where he's like passing behind the back, out of bounds moments. Like that's just kind of what you take with Steph, and that's how I, I think Steph is, you know, one of them. I always think of LeBron being the best player, but like, you know, Steph is what six three. He's just, he's also made the most of what he can do. I mean, like, I, think, I think I think Steph talents. I think Steph Curry um, changes the game of basketball going forward. I think his his. Um, impact impact on the game is greater than a guy like LeBron because every kid can see and you see it now. I mean, we went and watched Chris Wilde's kid play like every f- eight year olds like it's crazy half court Jack and yeah, it's, and it's crazy and it's a thing a kid can try to just go and now listen. Steph is a perfect world because his dad was a incredible NBA shooter yep. and you know he grows up with that and also obviously he's very skilled in his own right and and but he, you can practice that. It's proof that you could be the skinniest 6-3 and, and be like a potentially top 10, top 15 player in the history of the game just with work ethic. Like LeBron took, you know, his incredible size and 
and all that comes with that and speed and whatever, and also worked hard enough to be maybe the greatest passer in history. And well, but you can't you can't work hard and become LeBron. You can't. Hundred percent. I agree with everything you're saying. I love watching Steph. I'm my favorite player to watch in the league because it's just so. I mean, you're kind of on the edge of your seat with every play, like good or bad. Like you don't yeah. know what he's going to be doing. I mean, I am tough on Draymond. I'm also tough on Steve Kerr, a guy I really like in the league. Like, are we are we going to have some sort of revisionist history with Steve Kerr? Well, I'm um, not because I've been saying this the whole time. You, you, of, course, of course, of course. Um, so, and I like Steve Kerr. Same I, thing, same thing. But you know, Steve Kerr definitely comes from like almost the Phil Jacksony type of. Uh, approach which is like give me all the best players I'm great at you know I'm great at keeping all their egos in check I'm great at saying all the right things in the press conferences if I don't say the right thing in the press conference I'll do a podcast with Bill Simmons where I explain myself a little bit more in depth everybody's going to be on the even we're all going to share the ball and here's why we're going to share the ball it's not your team it's your, like I mean the Steve Kerr coaching like the greatest thing Steve Kerr might have done as a coach besides just replacing Mark Jackson just but first First great accomplishment with Steve Kerr, not don't be Mark Jackson. So he he accomplished that. The second one was you know being a part of the brain trust that convinces Kevin Durant you can come here, you can succeed, and you can win a championship. And it's not gonna and it it won't be like you're taking some back seat, which he didn't. And you know obviously KD didn't handle that as well. He probably should have. He's got a million burgers accounts and you know snake emojis and the whole thing. But like. Um, being a part of the brain trust that convinced Kevin Durant to come join that team. That's probably the second most important thing he did. And I like Steve Kerr. But again, as an X and O's basketball guy, what happens when your best players are gone? You know, Phil Jackson, what happened when Michael Jordan left? They they won two less games. And they were, uh, you know, a terrible foul call away from the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I, I loved I, – and I like all these players. I mean, I love Draymond. Um I, I thought when Draymond got the the you know the um, the suspension in the playoffs that was like part of the reason they lost that series. But you it, it's 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 interesting topic for the day, which is like chemistry of teams really totally. matters. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. So, um, what what role everybody? Like, do you need a guy to do that? Do you not like? Can you don't like you don't need a Steph Curry to win a championship? Well, it it, it reminds. Okay, but so if, but you take if you take Steph Curry right, like let's take let's take. Steph Curry as a person, two-time MVP, son of Delco. Like, if you just took Steph Curry and turned him down by 20%, he's 80% of of Steph Curry, and you give him player X name, he makes every single NBA contender right now better if you just drop him on the team. You just go, you're on the Clippers. Oh, I have a lights-out corner three, barely D, like, like bench. Like, great. Like eighty percent uh, of Steph Curry in like a replacement player jersey might make the Clippers the champions. What percentage Steph Curry is Trey Young? Twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. Forty percent. He's like, yeah, he's like fifty-five percent Steph Curry. Yeah. But like trend, you know. But then they ask him to do something. Like, is Trey Young? What what percentage of Steph Curry is Trey Young if he gets to play on a team with? the kind of talent and the kind of coaching or whatever he has where it's like, oh, you don't have to get every single bucket for us. And I will say this, credit to the Hawks this year. Yeah. Playing playing well this year. A lot of young talent on that team. Yeah. So they could be the Knicks' first-round opponent, and yes. they are as, at this moment. So. Oh, Jonathan Cohen 04 is excited about it. 
<laughs> you, getting, you getting told about it? No, no, no. Oh, that, yeah. That's a former. That's a former Atlanta troll that we have that has, is on the is on the most wanted blocked list. Brando's most wanted yeah. blocked list. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, guys. I didn't know until I came and visited. He actually has the list on the wall yeah. in the spare bedroom. It's like the FBI's most wanted. Yeah, I've got, I've got names. I've got dates. I've You're got also I, Steve Buscemi and uh, and Bill yeah. Madison. <laughs> yeah, I've got most current addresses according to what Jesse Stanger can find on the internet. Yeah, exactly. But what I find fascinating, again, is their 500 ball with how he's playing. You remember when Kobe was doing this and it was the same thing? Yeah. It was 500 ball, a little above 500 ball. He's having all these 30-point games, which that's the record Steph just broke, the consecutive 30-point game streak. But to me, that just reiterates that it's a team game. And but like I think people forget that it's it's all about the individual, but it's so important to have pieces around you. And and we all agree we like Steph Curry, but my my thing is always like how players are treated compared to how, like if James Harden had stayed on the Rockets and done this with the Rockets and they were out of the playoffs, it would just be James Harden slander up and down the timeline. It's all you know meaningless points, and you can't do anything. Uh, Giannis wins back to back MVPs but he can't get them to the NBA finals and he's some sort of, you know, bust in the playoffs, can't get it done. Meanwhile, every, meanwhile, the Steph, you know, standing ovations every night and they're not on a playoff team. And again, that's my thing. I think overrated and underrated simultaneously. The revisionist history is like, just go back. And the, the players who are like, when Steph's winning MVPs and when they're winning championships, the people that are saying he's the best player in the league, it's like, guys, He's not the best player in the league. Kobe's not the best player in the league because the best of the best of the best, it's like they on a team alone are a playoff team. Kobe yeah. didn't win a playoff series without Jack or Pagasol. It's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm not. That's guys, an amazing stat. You guys that, are higher on LeBron, you know, as number one. I think I probably I'm still just dis, dis, discussing that in my own brain, but it made, the argument for LeBron is so, so strengthened by the fact that really everyone else is playing a team game except LeBron, by which I mean the greatest team player probably, uh, you know, cur- at least currently playing, but he wins with everyone. Yeah. Let, th- let me ask you something about that, and obviously we could go down that forever, the LeBron, Jordan. What would solidify LeBron's status for you as the best? Space Jam 2 has to be better than the original Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Andy can't even weigh in. Andy's never seen Space Jam. Well, Nick put it on when he was at the crib. And then I think I went and got Taco Bell or something. It's amazing, too, because I feel like Andy Ruther is the target demographic for the original 100%. Space Jam. Like, I feel like Andy Ruther, when he was a kid, probably, like, I feel like 11 year old Andy Ruther dressed like hip hop Bugs Bunny. I was, a Michael, I was a big Michael Jordan fan. I had yeah. a bunch of Jordan gear as a kid, I was a big Bulls fan. Look, I'm going to spare the audience the LeBron versus Michael debate to, in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, today. All, yeah no, there has, uh, there's not going to be a debate. Yeah. I'm asking you. I don't know. Cooper. I don't know what the answer would be because, um, because I liked I liked what Shaq said a few months ago, which to me to to me or to him would end the debate. I thought it was a, a fine answer. Shaq said if LeBron finishes with the most points, and he's on pace to do that, and if he gets two more rings, the discussion's over because Shaq's. 
argument was if he has as many rings as Michael and he has the most points and then you add in all the other stats, like what are we discussing here? And I thought that was a fair point as far as something that would end it for him. I feel like most people, you know, Shaq is a little bit more uh, realistic than a lot. I think most basketball fans are like, he'll never. Or LeBron's my goat, and, like, it doesn't matter what happens for you. And I'm also – this I feel this way about sports legacies in general. Like, let's say LeBron goes to the finals this year and loses it. Like, to me, to me, anything that you do can't take away from your legacy. You can only add your legacy. Like, you can't go and have, like, oh, oh LeBron, you know, scores eight points in the series again. Now this is, like, some shitting on his legacy. It's like he's already accomplished all this stuff. This is just he hasn't accomplished more. But – I guess the thing for Tug is like if LeBron, you know, comes back off an injury this year, wins a back-to-back championship with this Lakers team, like how much does that affect your opinion of just LeBron? Or you're just like, no, yeah, I already think he's arguably the best and definitely the second best. If anything, I think they're like they could be at the same uh, podium, uh, you know, top of the podium. Where and then I just go to like, what is my aesthetic? Like, what 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 did I like? What is more artful to me? That's kind of where I where I would land, but. You, know. you you like the you like the mid range turnaround contested pivot foot jumper. I'm a big pivot foot guy. <laughs> yeah, I've always been a big pivot foot person. Um, That's a name for your kid, pivot foot coach. Yeah. Pivot, pivot foot coker. Piv. Come here, Piv. Jeremy Piven. Like yeah, Jeremy Pivot Foot Coker. Hey, Piv. <laughs> you got to yell the name. It's very important to try out a name at a park and just yell it out. And if people. It's a like, good point. People look over and be like, mm. Yeah. Other other parents. Well, here's the other thing I'll tell you of of three boys. um, Your if you're anything like my mother, your third child's name more often than not will be your first two children's name, and then whatever the fuck your name is, John, fucking whatever your fucking name is, stop it. I have two sisters, and my parents couldn't get our names right either. And my uncle's name is Chuck, and I was Chuck Tug (laughs) for like my entire life. No one's. You probably have this all the time. Now, did you no like names your, said right? Now, did you like your uncle Chuck? How is Chuck <laughs> not in the mix? Well, you have Char- Charles is out there. I think. Um, I just I don't, come on, man. It's a great name, man. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Charles out there. It's well, a great name. Well, we keep going back to the name thing. That's a good time to remind all our listeners because we're talking about family and names. That Mother's Day is right around the corner. Guys, get your mom a good gift. Get your mom a gift, and I have a great gift option for you from our friends at Pandora Jewelry. You can never go wrong with a beautiful necklace, Joe. I say that all the time. Anytime anybody asks me about Mother's Day gifts, they're like, Joe, I was thinking about getting my mom a Mother's Day gift. I go, well, you can never go wrong with a beautiful necklace. It's one of my catchphrases. (laughs) It definitely is. And I'll tell you guys what. Pandora has not only necklaces, they have rings, earrings, they have everything. Bracelets. So go check that out. And I have an even special offer. Let mom know you'll always be by her side with a message of love that she can wear every day. Shop April 22nd through the 26th, which is today, and receive a free limited edition sterling silver bangle with your Pandora purchase of $150 or more. So, so get on it right now. If you're going to do it, now's the time. Yeah. Today's the 26th. You got to do it today. Today is the 26th, so really get on that now and uh, check out their selection. They have tons of amazing selections. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Got my mom a great 
necklace a few years ago. It was very memorable, and I'm really glad I did it. Now I will have it to carry on the Ruther legacy forever. And uh, so get your mom a necklace. Thank the mom in your life for always being there with a sparkling gift from Pandora Jewelry. Shop online or in person between the 22nd, the 26th, which is today. Today's the 26th. And receive a bonus gift with your $150 Pandora Jewelry Purchase, a limited edition sterling silver bangle. Not the Cincinnati Bangles. B-A-N-G-L-E. Go to us like the band. dot pandora dot net forward slash dirty to start start shopping or find a store near you. Once again, that's us dot pandora dot net forward slash dirty. Pause this podcast right now and get your mom a gift. Yeah, it's it's real simple. Let's do it, guys. Uh we have some discussions. You were just saying, Chuck, you wanted to talk. That's a good lead-in for Turner. Oh, yeah. I just want to say some breaking news on the TC Minute here, some sports media news. NBC Sports is letting go of the NHL hockey rights, and it's going over to Turner Sports, which we think is interesting because Andy alluded to uh, off-air. Charles Barkley loves hockey, so are we going to see Ernie, Kenny, and Charles doing pregame for NHL? I mean, if if – their past, you know, programming is any like reference. Like, yes, we are. The, the, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. <laughs> Come on, man. In, inside the NHL. I mean, they were like, Kenny, Charles, you guys know anything about college basketball? They're like, absolutely not. They're like, good, you're doing the, the tournament. <laughs> you know, I, I like Duke. I think that you know Zion is good. You're yeah, like, all Chuck, right, Charles. Chuck's diehard hockey guy. Yeah. Very interested to see. I mean, oh, look. Can we all agree, since ESPN let go hockey in America, let the diehards still always love hockey, but it's just not It's not in the forefront of I – mean, we'll I'll watch a playoff game. I love, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more exciting to me than a I remember when you were heavily game. invested in the hockey. I was so <laughs> uh, so invested. But, you know, here, here's what I'll thousands. say. Here's what I'll say. NBC's hockey coverage, and I watched a, a few things over the years, the outdoor games and whatever. It's like, meh. ESPN – has never once brought any excitement to any broadcast ever. You're never like, yeah, I'm watching. Like, if Turner can even just take the inside the NBA model, find guys in the hockey world who bring that kind. And now, listen, I know it's crazy to like recreate the, you know, magic that is that show. But if they just take that model and use like that, could be the kind of thing that makes people excited about hockey. As long as NBC, or as long as Turner brings over Doc Emmerich, who is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, play-by-play man in sports, then they're going to have some good foundation. They got to bring Doc Emmerich over. That's my rant. I would assume he would be on there occasionally. I don't know if you guys have seen. I've seen Charles Barkley pop on the NBC broadcast at times, so he's already popped on. To give his two cents. I'll tell you what's really interesting. This is probably the most hockey's been talked about on the show in a while. I, I forget his last. Eddie Eddie's the color guy for uh, with Doc. I think it's Eddie Olchick. Yeah, but he also he's also an incredible um, horse uh, gambler. Like whatever whatever that word is. Yeah. Um, for the Derby, for the Preakness, for Belmont, they always have him on okay. handicapping and that's the an races. NBC, that's yeah, an that's NBC. NBC thing so as he'll well. be he'll be bummed about that. Um, 
But like that's pretty cool. I love. I personally love it as a TC sports guy, TC minute guy. I like seeing um, people uh, veer into other sports. I like when Charles kind of. It is. It can be a bit of a train wreck as we yeah. see sometimes with college basketball. But I always find it fun to see other people being interested in other things. Look, so. if people are entertaining, like I could have a conversation with Charles Barkley about anything. Yeah, Charles Barkley is an entertaining guy. He's a fun guy to be around. So I don't care what he's talking about. Food, politics, sports, right? That crew, that's a great crew. Barkley I mean, you know, special. I mean, you know, you know, Ruther likes him when he gives him the free pass to talk politics. Ruther, because usually it's like, hey, stick to basketball with old with old Ruther over there. <laughs> I've I've hey, ne- keep your politics out of I've, sports. I've never <laughs> said that once, Joseph Prano over there. I mean, it might be that Barkley is such an anomaly that he's one of the few people that can do that. Because I will say. Um, they did try, and it was Turner, uh, tried Steve Nash with uh, right, with, with uh, the, the Champions League soccer, which I think w- was met with more tepid um, uh, results. But now he's a coach of the Nets. So let me, let me ask you something about that crew. Because I had this discussion with my buddies, and they don't watch as much NBA. But we, we debated. My buddy said, what happens if you remove Kenny out of these guys? He, he, my buddy's argument was, that the everyone else brings so much more, Shaq and Charles and Ernie, and I actually stood up for Kenny. I I completely agree. I think I think Shaq and Charles are the uh, are the KD and Kyrie of the Nets team. I think I think the most important guy is Harden. The most important guy to that group is I think you can do Kenny and Shaq, and you could do Kenny and Charles. But if you took Kenny out, I think it would be the inmates running the asylum. What he, what he's great at is he he knows um, he's smart enough to know his role and he he knows that like when Charles goes on one of his rants he knows just to stay quiet and he, and he but he just chime in when he he just he does just like when he was on it's the a Rockets great, great great point guard like just yeah. a great point guard knows when to step in knows when not to it's a really it's it's also the the most um, he's been doing this the longest now we keep coming back to this name thing and I got to do it one more time because Kenny? you talked about Doc yeah you have we have a John that became a Tug Tug yeah. famous. Met That's correct. pitcher. Yep. We have a famous Met Doc. Like, what about a what about a name that could also your kid's nickname could be Doc? Uh, what a, uh, only the like think about the great, great Doc Scott. Yeah, think about the great <laughs> Docs. One point twenty one gigawatts. You got Gooden. You got uh, Doc Halliday and Holiday. Here's here's why it's a great idea. You have to put last names into it. Yeah. a lot of things work with Prano. A lot of good sounds in that name. I, I my name start my last name You're starts. You're right. Why am I giving this away? <laughs> yeah, Doc Coker is hard to say because yeah. you got to do the, the double cuss sound. Yeah, that's true. And roll that in there. Ruther's got you know a lot of things working for it. So anyway, a lot goes into it. I'm sure everyone out there is thinking about it. And pitch me your uh, names for my my new baby um, at Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> that's a good plug. Uh, you got to think about his yeah. Instagram yeah. name. What's his Instagram? <laughs> at, at Doc Coker. Any, any, two seasons in a row. Yeah. Are any dads out there like securing your mom securing handles with with these kids? You remember when Darren Ravel did that? Do you remember when that was um, the news? No. That was what? like six or seven years ago. He got his kids Twitter. He got handle? his kids Twitter instantly. Yeah, it was definitely a, a minute ago, and that was in the news. He he picked it right up for his kid. Ruther has been sitting on at baby bagel bites for like five, 15 years now. <laughs> I did love those bagel bites last night. I crushed some bagel bites. Okay, good news for college football. They have finally listened to us for all these years. They are going to at least start discussing 
playoff expansion upwards from four, the current level, to six, eight, 12, 16. I just don't understand why it would take so long. Why? I'm going to go on a rant real quick. Why on this country do things take so long? Just legalize marijuana federally, right? Just like, why is it legalized gambling federally? Legalize 16 teams to play in the playoffs. Why do things take so goddamn long? You can make more money if you do these things. Don't we want more money? What what is the hang up? Do do either of us do any of us know why? Yes, yeah, get off my lawn, old white people who don't. But, I, but I they, remember when the Citrus Bowl. You won the Citrus Bowl. It's all that mattered. You'd come home with that big Citrus trophy, and I, you know I just you know two teams, eight teams, twenty five teams, just too many teams. But they can Give me the Citrus Bowl. But that old white guy can also make more money on more bowl games. Oh, okay, he, cool. Yeah, try try selling that to people. Hey, you can make it if you know you legalize prostitution. They're like pearl clutching everywhere. I just don't understand. And then in this article, it's saying, well, the current agreement technically goes through twenty twenty five. Are we serious? If you're already discussing expansion, it means you want to expand. To bring it back to the NFL, that's the one thing you have to give the NFL. They do not fuck around. When the NFL says, hey, we're going to add a game, we're going to add playoffs, that thing is done within that year. They're sitting there debating whether they should add more playoff teams. If I had to take a guess, it's because um, the NFL already knows there's a the money is going to be distributed um, a fixed amount of ways. With college football, they're probably, the, the NCAA is trying to figure out how they can maintain the biggest percentage of that money and not be distributing it to each college they're just probably trying to figure out how to make it the, the work the best for them. That's my thinking. Okay. Because the answer to all your questions is always money. So the, to me, it's like, yeah. And how, it's how also, do we keep the biggest part? And of it's purse? also like a PR thing about how to make it so that some you know kid who roots you know some whoever who roots for roots for Tennessee is sitting at home and goes it devalues the regular season. What about the SEC on CBS? <laughs> You're like, uh, I don't know, every other fuck. You you love March Madness. They have 64 teams, but now eight teams is going to devalue the regular season. Great. Why don't we just make it everybody in one big tournament? Just not even have a regular season. I mean, like, Have you watched any other level of, of sports championships besides college football that's decided with more than two teams playing in one game? I just don't get it. And We've been doing this for f- as long as this show's been that's what I'm s- Every level of college football has a 16-team playoff. except for That's what I'm saying. Every level. And I loved it. When I, was in, uh, when I went to a 1AA school, the football tournament was a big deal. Did you guys ever do any damage? Yeah, we, I think we, were, we made it to – we won like two or three games. I think we were one game away from, uh, from a championship appearance, I believe one of the years I was there, we I, we actually traveled. This is how into it we were. We traveled to UMass Amherst to watch a semifinals Lehigh semifinal game. How far is that from Lehigh? Probably f- four hours. God, everything is so close. We went to, to Delaware Coast. as well. Actually, that same year, I think we went to the Delaware game, which is closer. The Hens. Yeah. Joe Flacco. Pre Flacco. 
been on a lot of trips in my life, a lot of road trips. I think traveling to another college while you're in college is the best. Is amazing. It's experience. the best. It's like it's like a, an amazing road game. You have like you do whatever you want. You <laughs> cause all this. This yeah. will not surprise anybody listening. <laughs> I was out of control, <laughs> dude. I went on every possible road trip. My friends were like, "Ruthers, leave it." Like. Just start tossing out schools. I would go if somebody's like, hey, man, I'm from Missouri. We're going to go to Mizzou this weekend. We're going to. I went on every trip and I was that guy. Cause carnage, destroy the town, piss off the dudes, the girls. Just out of control, drunk, belligerent, obnoxious, even in my own national fraternity. So. The rule is if you're in a fraternity and you visit a different chapter, they have to put you up. In your fraternity. Yeah. So if I so if I'm at, in St. Louis, for example, we went and visited I don't know why somebody chose. We went to Iowa State, which is a hike. We went to Ames. Go visit for a weekend, go to Iowa State, Kansas State football game. These are technically my fraternity brothers. I don't know them, but they have to put us up. I destroyed their, and at one point the guy's like, we're brothers. And I was like, I don't know you, dude. Like, like, <laughs> like, we're talking about these are people who are housing me and I'm peeing in their ice machine that's going to be the ice for the whole house. I was such an asshole. Who did this? It's, it's a like, kid with frosted tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Those were some days, Tug. I'm not going to lie. Those, those college-to-college road trips. Incredible. Right? What was the favorite college you guys visited? I, I went to East Carolina a lot of times. I had a great time at ECU. Where's that? Um, what part of the state? Uh, Greenville, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. And um, it's like, uh, I'm not exactly sure where it is on the, on the map, but um, visited several times and just a great party town went to georgetown once that was that, that was that was a great time georgetown yeah i, I had a friend who went to georgetown a couple good visits to georgetown boston college was uh fun like you know going to being in at boston college you were in boston and then you're also like i went up there for a couple bc and notre dame games um that was a fun visit I'm trying to think of where else james madison jmu was a great great school it was it was a, i mean that's that's like man nostalgia lane right there yeah but see, I was in like the big football country. Yeah. So I'd be going to a lot of the big schools, and then my buddies from my fraternity were from the South. So then we go down to Ole Miss for the weekend. We go down to Arkansas, and then that's a whole other SEC country. That's like a whole other thing. I'm trying to think my favorite trip. Actually, it was after college. I loved college trips so much that I in college an extra year. And yeah. <laughs> then I created Frat Boys of Comedy. Yeah. So then I was performing. Basically, we're doing it professionally. Yeah. Then I was performing at colleges all over. Georgia was a lot of fun. That's a fun. Have, have either of you guys been down to yeah. Athens? You should re revamp um, the Frat Boys of Comedy as like. I, I mean, I said he should just be, he should go full character. Eddie Ift and I have been saying this forever. Fratty Andy should be the Larry the Cable guy. Yeah, forty-year-old me. That's Joe was saying this like two where days is, ago. Where is Greek letters? But also now that he's a sober, like do, do the, all the tales like he's from you know, from from beyond the grave almost. <laughs> all all my old tales. Yeah, 
you know, I should put together, you guys have inspired me. After the show, I'm going to put together of all the colleges that I've partied at. In college, before college, post-college. I mean, I have caused destruction. I remember when I was in high school, we, we went up to Denison. You should do a tour of you and just being like, this is where I demolished this fraternity <laughs> house. <laughs> I mean, I was a grown man on one of those tours. Just upper decking toilets. That's, That's what I was just about to say. I, I gave, know you're about to say I that. gave a sorority house. I was 25, and they were being rude. I gave a sorority house an upper decker after the Michigan-Michigan <laughs> State game. 25. I was 25 years old. Giving an upper decker. There are 25 year olds now listening to this podcast aghast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. This this stupid shit I did. I don't even know how we got talking about this. I mean, I was pretty close to 25. I was just talking about this the other day when I was home. Uh, I was pretty, I wasn't, I don't know if I was 25, but I was probably 23, 24 when I went and visited my brother at Siena and, and was um, marked down what, what we call preno non grata. I was persona non grata at, at Siena University. I, they they hand me paperwork say you're no longer allowed on this campus ever again for the rest of your life. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like and I, my brother got paperwork saying he's only allowed to be on his own campus for class. He's not allowed to use the dining facilities. It's just class and then get off. It's a badge of honor. Yeah. I was on the list of my dorm. I learned sophomore year from a girl who I knew who worked the front desk. She goes, there's a list of three or four people to watch out late at night when they're drunk. You're on the watch list. And yeah. I was I was on the watch you're, list. You're the Osama which, Bin Laden yeah. of, your, of your dorm. When I heard that, you talk about people were like, who's on the list? Like, that was, it was like being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, when you make a list of, like, guys to watch out for. You should go back and do a show at Siena and just see if I someone comes and brings, yeah, out yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> brings out the paperwork. Sir, sir. Never. What Never did, you know, we were we 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 decided to look into this when you decided to call your tour stop Prano non grata. <laughs> we didn't know what that meant. What did you do to get on that list? Oh, it's a long story, but basically beat the shit out of Mikey's roommates for stealing from him. Like we went yeah, it was a lot but we chased them like around the dorm and like corn like but Mikey had already done a lot of terrible. Like Mikey was already the U. He was on the watch list yeah. already, and this just put it over the top. And then they were also like, "You're not even a student. You're not even a college age. You're just an adult here fighting college kids. <laughs> so you're not never allowed back here." You know, there's like the adage of like um, people go on plane flights and they tell their innermost things to the person next to them because yeah. they'll never see them again. Oh, I didn't that's, know. I didn't know that that's a thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a somehow people talk about that. That's yeah. kind of what going to another person's university was. It was like, I can't do some of these things, so I'm just going to go to other schools and be the worst version yeah. of myself yeah. and drive home and you know sow my oats. But again, we had, we had it so good because the smartphone wasn't around. So you could get away with everything. Yeah. You got, you got, we got to get going, don't yeah. we? You know, listen, I can always tap out and leave you and tug to wrap this up. Well, we've done it. I think we've done it. Look, we're at an hour 45 I mean, I can rehash stories for days. Well, I put on the rundown, and I'll just say this because it's, it seems like we're not getting into it. Uh, Andy Lazarus and I, at some point during Dirty Slides this week, will cover all things uh, Padres, Dodgers, which is turning out to be the greatest rivalry really in, is. in baseball, I maybe in sports out. currently. Yeah. Uh, Padres take three out of four from the or Padres take three out of four from the Dodgers this weekend. There was a Tatis mocking of Bauer, a Bauer okaying the mocking, and then Bauer accusing Tatis of sneaking 
uh, glimpses at their signs. So this thing is, this baseball rivalry is taking off uh, at a very fast pace. And I got to say, I almost want to give uh, Dirty Slides complete credit for it. We told them to bring back the Brown. They did. It's totally changed their, the, you know, the face and the trajectory of their franchise. So we'll talk about that. We also, uh, since we're kind of sliding into plugs here, uh, we also, in last episode and going forward, have introduced a new segment on uh, Dirty Sides called Tales from the Miners, where we have former minor league farmhands come on and tell stories. We previewed one about Jacob DeGrom's grandma. So we'll talk about this. I had I wanted to talk about it with Tug. I wanted to talk about it with you, Andy, but we'll, we'll push it to slides. We'll talk Padres, Dodgers. Perfect. You guys can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. Rate, review, subscribe. If you leave your iTunes or Twitter handle, I should stop saying iTunes. If you leave your, that didn't make sense anyway. If your Twitter handle in Apple Podcasts yes, reviews. There it is. I'll send you koozies in the mail. Tug, where can they give you baby name suggestions? Yep. Welcome to suggestions at Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening to Joe and my uh, Masters preview pod last month. Um, we got a, a major. The PGA is in May, so maybe we can get together and do another one of that those. Sounds great. Is that now? Where is that played? That is going to be at. Um, um, it's in. Um, yep, it's it's where wherever Rory won six years ago. I forget the name. Of and, it. Then, I, I and then I played it. And then the Open this year is down in San Diego, correct? The Open is at Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines. That'll be in June. Yep. So. Um, Kiowa? Kiowa. Kiowa Island. Thank you. Kiowa the ocean o- course. Yeah, ocean course. The hardest course I've ever played. That is the, the, the ocean course. So maybe we can do a preview for those two um, two tournaments coming up the next two months. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, yep. Check me out, uh, Tug Coker, on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, guys, Andy, great to see you in person. Great to see you too, Joe, buddy. Joe, always great to be with you. Thanks for letting me crash the party. And uh, no, in the last, uh, last word, no baby. No baby yet. So this is fun. I'm holding out hope that it's today. I told you that already. I do. I do say my my wife sent me a text. Said, "Let me know when you're coming back. I have a request. It's probably a name. She wants me to. She <laughs> wants to pitch me on. So here we go. So yes. Well, Joe's a great name. At Joe Prano on Instagram and all <laughs> other social media, uh, except for Twitter. I'm at Fix Your Life. Uh, I said it earlier in the show. I'll say it again. Uh, some shows in St. Louis first weekend in May. Some shows in San Francisco the third weekend in May. And some shows in Alaska the last weekend in May. Stand up comedy's back, baby. All those are JoePrano.com. So if I'm coming to your town or I'm coming near your town, go check them out. If you can't make the shows in St. Louis, come to a baseball game. Cool. Guys, it's been fun. Good to have the crew back together. We'll be back in a few days for our final show together in L.A. But uh, we'll see you guys then. Have a great week. And as a... I'm struggling today. Oh, man. I'm struggling to today. Wash. I got to <laughs> stop smoking weed. Guys, have a great week. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>